This episode of Special Delivery is brought to you by Piance, the exciting new sports drink from Latvia. Each bottle of Piance contains up to one drop of Beyonce's life-giving urine. Use code SPECIALDELIVERY and get $200 off your first bottle. Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. What's up, internets? And welcome to another Fan Bros Special Delivery. This is Chico Leo, and I am flying high above the Brooklyn night. But I have picked up two passengers. I am joined by Houstonians. Hey, it's your boy DJ Benjamin, a.k.a. C-3PO tonight, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what that makes you, son. Illa YC, a.k.a. Illa Grave, the purple man. We ready. Let's rock. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. Look at that. Those are those are bold words. <laughs> to say the least. Purple Man and Kilgrave are not popular people on Twitter these days. Well, I'm a bold brother, <laughs> so we ready to, you know, that's what it is. Yeah. So tonight on The Walking Dead, they told us that someday this pain will be useful to you. I, I did not find the pain that I was feeling from watching this uh, mid-season finale to be at all useful to me. Oh! So the episode was titled Start to Finish, and I thought it was the wackest uh, mid-season finale or se- season finale did, start to finish. Did you think it was whack from start to finish? Is that what it was? I going? did. I did. Oh, my well, God. T- tell us how you really feel, brother. What's going on, Chico? Yeah, I don't know what they. Yeah, you tell me what's going on. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I was really psyched for this. Actually, the scenario that I had predicted on the, on the special delivery last week played out exactly where everyone got to separate houses and they were like gonna all hold up in separate uh, domiciles and have to figure out how to beat the zombies from their different, uh, you know, from their different. Uh, places of hiding which we got a lot of that and that that was a little dope but everything just the the way things played out um so for those of you who haven't watched i mean the you know spoilers will abound here but uh the tower that was injured that was uh not injured uh, that was damaged <laughs> in the uh, previous attack the tower's bleeding uh, it's injured yeah well yeah it could have been i mean it would have made the episode better <laughs> well actually you know they actually did see blood coming uh coming through the wall last week but so the the damaged tower fell crushed the wall all the zombies that had been massed outside came in everyone split up it seems like most people got to houses for safety and then I don't know, and then the then the whackness began. All right, see that's what I don't get. It's you you predicted this, and then in the end you weren't happy when it happened. So I'm not understanding what was the problem. Well, I guess I guess I thought people would have been a lot doper. Um, you know, the the kid who's afraid, the kid who decides this is the, the mo- his whack brother who decides this is the moment to pull a gun on Carl. Um, you know, I I feel like the Carol Morgan thing. I, you know, so Morgan is defending this obvious psychopath and he's going to fight Carol <laughs> to the death. And then, you know, so what happens? You know, what, you know, the dude knocks out, you know, Morgan knocks out Carol. The dude knocks out Morgan. And then he takes uh, the doctor. I, it just, just the whole thing was, it just sort of played out. There were no, 
there were no twists. There were no thoughts in the writer's room, it seems like. So, like, how could we make this? So there wasn't enough M. Night Shyamalan action for you, huh, Chico Damas? Ah, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't phrase it that way, um, but... <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, it's just sort of the, the, the scene between Michonne and Deanna. Like, we've seen that scene now like 20 times where, you know, someone's been bit. And, you know, it's sort of like Tyrese went out that way. Bob went out that way. You know, where the, you know the, I, and I'm sure there are other characters where there's this long, drawn-out bedside thing. And... Damn. Yeah, I don't know. Like, also, I, I you know, like, they, they leave a woman who's dying alone in the room with the baby. Like, you know, what are you thinking? Oh, my God. You know, it's like when you point out these, all these problems in the episode, now I really see. Because I guess I was just caught up in the moment. And, you know, I was feeling everything. I definitely agree with you, though. The psychopath and Morgan and Terrell, it just makes me really hate Morgan's character for no reason because it's like he shouldn't be this idiotic and this caught up on it because my man is sitting there gleefully talking about how he'll kill you. It was kind of it, it was kind of a, a necessary thing. I mean, I'm because remind me, Chico, are you familiar with the comics? Do you read the comics at all? I actually don't read the comics. Okay, because I know Ben and I read the comics, so we probably have a different slant on it just in terms of knowing certain things and seeing certain key moments and knowing what was about to happen and the potential of it. You know, that's what I think the, the episode ended before a big moment. That's what kind of let me down. But a lot of the, like some of the moments were stronger than others in terms of um, the Morgan and, and Carol stuff was kind of silly. I understood why they were doing it in terms of trying to show Morgan really sticking to his don't kill philosophy and then kind of the, the idiocy of it, you know, the lunacy of it and, and the repercussions that come from it. Um, but the stuff with Deanna and Michonne, it kind of seemed out of the blue. I mean, it worked for me, but it was kind of like one of those character building moments and character defining moments that they've kind of subtly been weaving in with Michonne because we've seen her in the last season and in this one really take a liking to this place. She took it to that role being a sheriff. And then, um, she kind of went against Rick, you know, standing on her own and being defiant. And now she took the plans from Deanna a couple of uh, episodes ago and we're kind of getting a follow up to that. And so it's kind of like, giving Michonne the opportunity to kind of be her own woman, develop her own character, grow her own way. So we're getting these little character studies in all these different houses. You know, we had um, the son, I think his name is Ron, and his bullshit with Carl, um, and just kind of seeing how that was going to play out. Because I thought Carl was about to, I thought it was going to deviate perfectly, and Carl was going to hand him his ass. You I know? thought Carl was going to shoot him, and that would have made the episode a lot better. I'll give Man. That. Yeah. Carl had yeah. popped his ass. When he walked in behind them, that, you know, because it's like, I feel like Carl still hasn't gone, like, back to the comics once again, sorry. I feel like Carl just hasn't gone as hard as he needs to be going at this point. Man, I was telling somebody that, B. Like, Carl in the comics is gangster. You know, yeah. he, he takes no shorts from nobody. And that was the first sign. I'm like, oh, they okay. They taking yeah. it back to the, you know, they they, they going yeah, to give you Carl for real, you know. I mean, in in both ways, it would have worked, but it would have been much doper for everything if Carl had killed him and then and then not told anyone, <laughs> um, and and just just dramatically for the show because I I completely agree there was no big thing like uh, you know in the in all of the other finales mid mid season and otherwise. I mean, the Morgan thing, I, I, I agree with you. You know, my sentiment watching it is like, you're, you know, thinking that this dope character, you know, what was the dopest character is now suddenly acting like an asshole. But the, I, I think there's a notion that he's clinging to this, this um, 
you know, this rule Very or else so. he's just going to have nothing to, you know, he's just going to fall apart again. And there's also the obvious they need someone besides Michonne to be, you know, another strong character to stand up to the Rick Carroll philosophy. But then the writers undermine that because Rick and Rick and Carroll are right every single time. So the thing with Morgan and that makes it so different is that he's in a situation where, you know, you clearly know the wolf is irredeemable. And he has no, he's showing no signs of anything, but he's malevolent and he would definitely do what he says, which is kill everybody. So that's what makes Morgan look stupid. You know, it'd be different if he had like, if he was kind of like in a gray area where you kind of felt for him and you kind of were like, okay, maybe he can be redeemed. But it's like, they're not showing anything that would make sense. Like, why would Morgan think that? This dude could be saved, you know? Right. If the dude is crying and saying, you know, I'll never do it again and all that, like, and he's some pitiful spectacle, then you could sort of understand it. But, yeah, this idea, like, this guy is only going to be a problem. Yeah. And you're wasting medicine on him. Like, where are they getting antibiotics, you know? I mean... Well, this place is definitely, like they said, has, you know, they've been unaffected by all this. That's another problem for me a little bit is the fact that, you know, over all this time, nothing has happened to them until Rick and them show up. It's like Rick and them show up and then just all hell breaks loose immediately from everywhere. Like, it's like, damn, you know, Rick and them are like, dude told him, you know, Rick, your, your dad's a killer. That's what he does. You know, he kills people. And uh, it's kind of being proven true in some ways. Not so much, though, man. I mean, Rick is reacting to circumstances around him. Now, what you can say is Rick and the crew bring trouble. I mean, which is very, definitely true <laughs> yeah. because, you know, they were chilling for like 24 months with no problems, no walkers, no issues. And then Rick and the squad, you know, bring all this chaos and destruction with them. But Rick is when he's killing and it's, it's reaction to other things, you know, that's happening around him. Because the dudes like Carl told him, like, your dad was an asshole. You know what I mean? He, he beat his wife, and he was abusive to his son, and he was a dick. So he needed to get popped. You know what I mean? But it's like the way the kids reacting to it is believable in a sense because that's still your father, you know? Definitely. Yeah, but I, I feel like he would really be taking that moment. Like, he, you know, he's letting the zombie into the house, the zombies into the house where his brother and mother are, you know, with his, you know, swinging shovels around. And, yeah, it, it's just... Um, I, but you gotta understand. We, at that point, he thinks you know he's dead. He's like he's an idiot. I mean, we gotta accept right. that as well. You know, the boy doesn't have much sense to him. So it's like you gotta you know like the whole family ain't got much sense to him for that matter. Like you know they they've had a you know I mean the mom you know may be the best out of all of them, but you know young Sam. Oh, she's definitely she's the only one worth saving in that in that crew. Yeah, well, definitely because young Sam is definitely not worth saving at all. You know, so. No. I mean, and I guess that does bring us to the very end of the episode, which is when I found, like, the most problems for me were just that, oh, man, like, I don't know. It's like, like, this is a problem when you read the comics because you're left with such a cliffhanger that in the comics you didn't have that cliffhanger and that same right. issue. You know, in the very same issue, everything that happens with young Sam saying, Mom, Mom, you know, just, right. oh, but. Well, the thing of it is, though, in the comics, you got the scene played out. Say so that what you know, the scene after that is where the cliffhanger ended. You know what I mean? Because I distinctly remember when that moment happened. Like you were like, yo, fuck this series. I'm done with The Walking Dead. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that would have been a perfect way to end this episode. So and I think had they truncated the Morgan crap and um focused more on that situation, 
it would have been a much better and, and much tighter midseason finale. You know what I mean? It would have definitely been a cliffhanger versus and that, for me, like as a comics reader, it was a cliffhanger because I do know what's coming. But if I was just like a lay person who wasn't familiar with the comics and that's how it ended, I'd be like, I feel the same way Chico did. You know what I mean? So it's like I mean, I honestly the the two minutes of the teaser that they showed for when the when the show comes back in February was better than the whole episode <laughs> and was better than the best two if you pick the best two minutes in the episode, I feel like that was better. Oh um, you know, and so I, I don't know, did you guys get to see the teaser during Into the Badlands? Oh, definitely did. Cause that was really dope. Um and and that you know you know made me want to fast forward two months, but um, yeah. So for me, I'd been on the fence about the show and and the mid season finale that ended with them with Rick shooting Sophia, Carol's daughter, when she was a zombie. That was like I was like, holy shit, this show is dope. And so the, and they've always had really awesome openings and closings. You know the 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 premieres and and finales have always been really good. This is this is the first one that let me down, and I I thought that the the uh, opening of the season was really dope. My only complaint was I thought they should have shown uh, the first two parts uh, in the same night um, as as a two parter, two part premiere, two hour premiere, but. Um, yeah, the the reveal of Glenn and then this has left a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. I mean, I'm psyched to see what's going to come. I understand in a lot of ways a lot of this is setting up to bring – they call him Nate Negan. Everyone else calls him Negan, but no, they called him Negan. I've always called him Negan. Negan. But, yeah, I mean, so. the, the return of Glenn, though, was expected. The first, like <laughs> – the, the way this season played out <laughs> – the way this se- the way this season played out it's was expected. Expected is a strange word. I I wouldn't use expected. Well, it was expected by those who predicted it. <laughs> exactly. And those exactly. who had more faith in the show denied it. You know yes. that they were going to do that. Yes. And um, well, you shouldn't you know. have had such faith in the fucking show, right? <laughs> well, and and apparently, you know, because I told you, I told you what to was going to happen. Yeah. He was not gonna go out in such a sucker ass way, you know what I'm saying? Like, no way were they gonna do that. But I think I, I feel you in terms of it wasn't a total letdown for me in the way that it was for you, Chico. This, this, this midseason finale, but it was kind of like a, a down note because I think this season has really been one of the strongest seasons in terms yeah, of. Yeah, it's been good. I mean, my only complaints were the bringing Glenn back and 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 then and then just sort of this this this. Part one, you know, season, you know, like, but, but part one with where all the, all the flashbang stuff is in part two, you know, like we're going to have to wait till February 15th. And one thing I wanted to like listening to a, a, a recent episode of the Fan Bros show, the main podcast, I wanted to challenge you guys on was, I, I know both of you consider like the Flash, the best comic book TV show on there, but then how does the Walking Dead rank against the Flash? I mean, I, I I'll admit that you know I was only thinking superhero shows, you know, when 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 we were talking about that. I mean, the comparison. I mean, it's hard to compare because there are two different shows going for literally the two most opposite like vibes. Um, Bitch you know, out Flash. The yeah, yeah. The Flash <laughs> is uh, is. Flash is 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 you know I mean is all about the heroic side of comics and 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 superheroes and it does it really well. 
Um, I, I didn't see Creed, but all the reviews said that it was amazing and that it was really corny. But people didn't mean corny in a, in a bad way. And I feel like, I, again, I haven't seen Creed, but that that combination, I feel like, is what the, the Flash does. Whereas Walking Dead just sort of impresses you with how depressing, you know, it can be or how unrelent. <laughs> it's more the relentlessness, you know. Of The Walking Dead. You know, the circumstances of Judith's birth, you know, with, you know, Carl having to kill his mother right after she, after they cut the, oh, you know, right. daughter right out of her. You know what I mean? Uh, like, yeah, well, the comic book itself is, like you said, impressively depressing. depressing. Yeah. So I think that's a really apt name for it. And, you know, I, I feel you, Ella, but I also have to say, like, it's, it's definitely two different genres. So that's yeah. the difference. But I would say that The Walking Dead is definitely, you know, a very great ad- uh, adaptation, adaption of a comic book. Yeah, I, I was just curious as to your guys' thoughts, because I know it doesn't initially, when you guys mentioned it on the main show, that you never bring it, The Walking Dead into play. You know what I mean? It's no, true. Definitely, definitely. I, that is true. That's even a good question. You know, what is our, the fan bros out there, what is your favorite, you know, adaption of a- adaptation. A comic book? Adaptation. Adaptation. <laughs> Adaption, adaptation, you know. I butcher names and words on here. The butcher of names, ladies and gentlemen. The butcher of names. You know how we do. So we've all uh we I, I, I we've all gotten to talk uh on, on uh, Jessica Jones uh you know so far except for L O Y C. So uh why don't you why don't you tell us what you thought of uh, of Jessica Jones or what you thought of uh, should the show have actually been uh, about the purple man? Oh no, it was dope, man. Um Jessica Jones I've described it to people. I've said where where for the MCU and what Marvel's been trying to do, Daredevil was a mature show, mature show. Jessica Jones was an adult show. And right. and it's a subtle distinction, but it's it, it makes a big difference. You know, because on Netflix they're showing the graphic violence, they're showing mature situations, um a little use of language, etc. And Daredevil showed you what you could do in a grim and gritty um, long form, you know, with Marvel char- with a Marvel property, if they're allowed to kind of let more character development occur and let things play out over a longer period of time than just a two and a half hour movie. And then Jessica Jones kind of pushed that to an even darker place. I don't think it was dark as like a lot of people kind of say because it's such a, a brighter show because it took place during the daytime. And but it was definitely emotionally and psychologically a much darker place. Um but I think overall, like the, the way they adapted the Alias comic book series is really great. I think Kilgrave definitely gives uh, Kingpin a run for his money in terms of being one of the best Marvel villains to come out of the uh, MCU. Um, I think Kristen Ritter, the whole cast, you know, across the board, Trish, Carrie Ann Moss as Jaren, um, they were all top-notch performers. And what really was cool about the show is they not only take the baton from Daredevil, but they also start laying the groundwork for not only the Luke Cage series, but also the uh, Iron Fist series through Carrie Ann Moss's character, Jaron Hogarth, and Luke Cage. Um, and, you know, they just seed everything. I mean, and the Defenders. I mean, yep. you've got, I mean, I'm assuming Trish is going to be Hellcat in the in the Defenders, or am I wrong about that? Well, it looks no. like she may be Hellcat, but we don't know. I mean, she hasn't been mentioned as being a part of the Defenders, but shit, oh, okay. why not? I'd love to see it because, I mean, she was, she's dope. You know what I mean? She was a oh, good amazing. I thought uh, Rachel Roberts, I think, is an, uh, Rachel. I, I'm not sure of her last name, but I thought she was one of the best parts of the series. And, and I feel you, Ella, because that's like um, definitely the same thing like what you were saying about how it's 
like mature and adult are definitely the distinction is made because this is the most adult thing that Marvel has ever made. I think as far as no, there there were a lot of firsts for any kind of a Marvel thing in here. I mean, definitely you had. I mean, um, they've had gay characters before, but this is the first time they've ever shown gay characters like you know in relationships or being, you know, being affectionate, um, you know, the sex stuff in here. I mean, we definitely got our first real sex scenes, um, both between with Trish and, uh, Jessica. And, um, but even the the biggest thing that stood out to me and the thing that I've always wanted, and this, this could probably clarify a lot, just in terms of conversations me and Ben have had, this was a series that finally gave you really powerful and really strong, and well written and well drawn out female protagonists, and I mean, yes. and I mean in terms of Jessica Jones, in terms of uh, Trish, and in terms of um, uh, Jaron Hogarth, because you get three different types of female characters, all very beautiful, intelligent, sexy, powerful in their own ways. But one is you know struggling with her depression or history. One is more bright and cheery. One is you know kind of a gray uh, area, kind of you know, is she gonna be good or bad? What, you know, what what's she gonna walk the line? And you're seeing three different characters, and this this is something Marvel has just kind of been bereft of, with the exception of Black Widow, who I think they've actually done a great job over the course of several movies into making a very compelling character. Um, and there's no reason why there there isn't a. I would love to see a Black Widow Netflix series because that would be dope if they explored her history and went to the the Red Room. And showed her like doing a mission or something like that would be a dope series and would be primed for a Netflix treatment um, versus doing a, a, a movie. But um, but Marvel, this is their first time really dealing with female leads and really like they just scored a touchdown. You know what I mean? And they really put mm. it out there in a way that I think is it would be, you know, like with DC coming up with their movies and their Wonder Woman stuff, they're going to have to come with it. You know what I mean? Because you have, they have such character and depth and, and layers and that's what I've always wanted. That's why when I'm complaining about Old Girl on Power and stuff like that's the stuff I'm talking about. It's like that's missing in her character. You understand why Jessica feels the way she she does, why Luke reacts to her, why he responds a certain way, how she interacts with other people. You know, you're getting all that. And and you get it in the course of not even the full 13 episodes, but like the first or second episode, you know, you've gotten so much from these characters. And I think that it just shows you when women, when females are written um, not correctly, but well written. You know what I mean? Like you can maturely. Yeah, or, you know, I, like yeah. I mean, the word escapes I, me. But when you take the right approach, there's no reason why you can't have strong female protagonists. You know what I mean? Like there's there's no real excuse for that. No, I mean before this year, I mean I w- the one thing I would say uh, I, I agree with pretty much everything you said, but they did. Um, you know, Agent Carter was I think six or eight episodes, uh, and true, while true, I, true. you know, they definitely did start doing that i mean the the tagline you know i know my value and it was definitely a theme throughout was her dealing with the overt sexism of the 1940s and them you know constantly telling her go get coffee and stuff like that but no the the uh jessica jones stuff was definitely more much more much more complex i also really liked that it didn't start out the whole first episode wasn't an origin story you know they 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 sort of dealt out her you know her past in dribs and drabs and i appreciated that um no you know but i have to say i really agree with everything illa said because i could watch like a hogarth show all on my own like that right you know it was just her relationships between her the the land of I mean the land of a thousand cuts the thousand cuts whatever that line itself was just 
everything about her relationship between her ex-wife and her new woman was just so well done and just how it showed different relationships with Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. I mean, I could go on and on. I really think, like, I have to watch it again because I thought Jessica Jones is just easily, like, I really love Daredevil, but it wasn't something that I felt like I needed to see again. While Jessica Jones, I feel like I really have to watch again because there's just so many levels to it. Well, it's interesting. The other new, you know, female superhero show is Supergirl. Um, and I don't know. Have, have, uh, you know, I know. I know. I think Ben, you're an episode behind. Have you been watching that, Illa? No, I haven't watched Supergirl. I've just been keeping up through, you know, your your reports here on Special Delivery. Right. Well, it's interesting because it's it's it is like the polar opposite of Jessica Jones. <laughs> and I, I, I no, I think you know they're going for a vibe like Flash, and the show is not as good as Flash. But I actually think she's really good, and I think the 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 chemistry between her and Jimmy is really great. And right now, Jimmy's dating Lois Lane's sister and Lucy Lane, and you know, the the sooner she's out of the picture, the better. But um, wait, before we get too deep into Supergirl, I did have a question for you guys. Did you did you like the way everything resolved on Jessica Jones? Meaning everything you mean the Kilgrave stuff or the or I mean just across the board. I mean, like I would say that just looking at the last three episodes, like you know, let's go with the spoilers full on. You know, it's been two. Yeah, yeah, no, this is assuming you know it's been it's been you know ten days. So I think you know, I think we can no, I think we can we could talk about that. And I I um. I mean, I, I think I, I was a little let down that we were that that they didn't. I don't know why I'm I'm, I'm obsessing over the Trish Hellcat thing. I would have liked to have seen like a you know something with her and the pills or something that leads you to believe that you know she might you know she's she's gonna pursue this superhero thing. Remember, she was trying to get Jessica to wear a costume when when Jessica first became a superhero. So some 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 sort of something with that. Um, maybe something like a, a little teaser leading into Luke Cage. But I, I think between, as far as the main storyline, I was very satisfied. As far as the Jessica Kilgrave storyline, um, and then her her ending, you know, with uh, Malcolm answering the phone, you know, basically being like, you know, alias investigations, how can we help you? I I, 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 I thought that was a satisfying, it was more satisfying than the Daredevil one. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I agree there. And I have to say, everything, I thought so too, because Kilgrave definitely, you know, spoilers, huge spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen this last episode. I thought Kilgrave definitely had to go because there's no way you can leave a, a power like that unchecked. And he'd already done too much stuff. So it was like, nah, but you got to be done. And, and even though I thought the way it played out with the I love you with him and Trish or with her and Trish and her and Kilgrave and, and Jessica actually fakes being under Kilgrave's, you know, um, spell. So you're not sure is she faking or not? I, 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 I thought all that was cool. Cause I, yeah. was, I was just curious if you guys were going to kind of react to the Man of Steel treatment that happened. Because, I mean, I thought it was very much earned. Um, oh hell no 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 hell no 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 because Jessica Jones isn't the Man of Steel I mean she isn't Superman you know she's like Jessica Jones and that's like the point of it all like no and Kilgrave gotta go there's no way like he's too powerful in this world he walks into Avengers Tower it's over you know it's a wrap although I have to say only in the in the last episode or the second to last episode do we see 
Trish puts on headphones. Like, I will say the fact that no one brings up, well, why don't we wear earplugs or why don't we send a deaf guy in to deal with him? Uh, like, they, it, it would have been dope if they had sent the whole squad of deaf I, people I, to, I to fight him. I thought the same thing. Because but I also feel like it's because it's pheromones and it's more than his voice. It's not just his voice. You know, it has right. to do with you. That's why they needed him in the airtight room because it's not just a voice. It's you being in the presence of of whatever he's emitting with his voice. Right. So it's not just like, True, it's not but so simple. You can't hear what his commands are if you don't hear his voice. So you may be affected by the pheromone, but you or you smell it, but you can't hear what he's telling you. And I think mm. that would probably counteract. I, I, well, that would have been dope, actually, if they had sent in a bunch of deaf people and then they got <laughs> under his control from reading his lips. <laughs> like, that, that would have be been dope. hilarious. What if he did sign language? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. But, uh, I just thought it was interesting in terms of like how the the it was a surprising story arc because it, it deals with this girl named Hope, which is a very literal thing, you know, because <laughs> basically Jessica Jones is fighting to save Hope, you know. So I thought that was a very literal kind of thing, um, and to have her go through all the stuff she did only for Hope to kill herself to free Jessica Jones in a sense to actually go out and do what needed to be done. I just thought that was a great dark take on things, you know what I mean? Where Hope committed suicide. I mean, and that's a, a real major thing. She committed suicide, you know? I don't think that's really addressed enough in some of the reviews and some of the stuff that happened. Um, and the, no, like I say, like you said, it's got a lot going on in it. You have to... They also know, went deep in with the abortion thing where people at one point, you know, when uh, Hogarth, you know, the, when, when the lawyer takes the fetus and, like, people are doing, you know, doing... It's a um, lot going Experiments on the with the fetus and stuff like that. Well, because like, Jaren was trying to... Um, she, you know, she wanted to use Purple Man's yeah, power. Yeah, to try and get the power. Yeah, yeah. but, but I also, mean, that's a really ill way to try and get the power. No, I'm just saying for a Marvel, I mean, this is a Disney property. I mean, you know, and so, and I'm not, I'm also not, I mean, I'm not criticizing it. I'm just saying, like, they really went, you know, went in for, for a Disney, you know, again, this is a Disney property and, and the the lead is a woman who's kicking, you know, liquor bottles all over her apartment. You know, and then from there, he also was able to use the fetus to up his powers. So I thought that right. was kind of interesting. I mean, interesting is once again a very weird word I'd use in it, but yeah. <laughs> no, I, I thought, I mean, it was more interesting than anything they did on The Walking Dead. I thought it was disturbing, you know. I, well, so. disturbing, true enough. You know, I'm just yeah. saying, in terms of interesting, that it would even be, you know, that they would think to do this. You know what I mean? Mm, like, yeah. in terms of, it's just it's a Marvel show. And I, I think that Jessica Jones is once again showing that Marvel is stretching the bounds of what people think and what they know. Because they have Oh yeah. They have the MCU movies, which I love to go see. The Civil War trailer drop looked fantastic. I, I mean, mean it looks incredible. And it's I like will, yeah. it's like they're saying, okay, they're creating that hierarchy of the Avengers are the guys you go see on the big screen, the big spectacle or whatever. But then we can drop it you know, we can drop it on you with these Netflix shows that give you more character, more substance, more mature, a different take. And, you know, so they're they're really doing it and they're expanding well, out. Not just that. I mean, the Guardians of the Galaxy was definitely the best space opera movie in the last, I don't know, you know, 10 years. I mean, it certainly beat the two Star Trek movies. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and like you said, Green I mean, Lantern. real quick, yeah. like we said, man, Civil War trailer. Ooh. Yeah. Like, Who'd have thought, I mean, that the Captain America franchise would be the one that really jumped out? I mean, five years ago, you'd have, you'd have bet money it was going to be Iron Man. Damn sure. And um, well, no, I mean, what were your the, reactions to the Civil War trailer? I, I, I saw uh, Ben. I mean, um, he didn't he didn't th- sh- thug tear, but he looked impressed. 
No, I was. I'm psyched. I mean, I definitely am. I'm, I'm really psyched, and I, I have no personally no problems with the the massive changes that they seem to have made. You know, obviously not. You know, a Spider Man is going to be in it, but they're not going to have Spider Man, or you know, I I understand. You know, making Cap and Bucky more, uh, you know, up front, it definitely plays in with the whole Captain America trilogy. I mean, I'm one of the people who really couldn't stand Civil War the comics, so any changes to it are great for me. And I thought the trailer was amazing. I, yeah. I, I really don't understand a lot of people's distrust with Black Panther's look and, you know, calling him the Power Ranger and all that. Because when he's running down that hallway, like, I've watched the GIF over and over. And, I mean, it's like, ooh, smooth, like, ee, ee, you know, like, oh, man, that armor looks sweet. So Yeah, I, I mean, Power Ranger might be strong, but there did seem like something a little a little gaudy or a little something with his yeah. costume. Like, I, I love the Civil War trailer. Um, I'm kind of on the fence about the costume because in that scene where he's running and when he kicks the um, Winter Soldier, looks sweet. But then yeah. it's like when he's standing there, that – the one they're kind of comparing to the Batman and other stuff. Like, I get that. But it's kind of, for me, it's because he just, he's not as yoked up as I would expect him to be. You know what I mean? And filling out the costume in a, in, in that superhuman physique kind of way that um I think would sell it more. But at the same time, when I saw him in action, he looked okay. You know what I mean? And my, my thing is, I expected his costume to evolve just like Captain America's has and just like Iron Man armor has, just like the Thor armor has. So that hopefully we get like if you, ever, if you guys ever play uh, Marvel's Contest of Champions, they have a version of the Black Panther outfit that's I want to say based on like the Sean Martin bro run, um, where he has this kind of like armored chest plate and the gold claws and it's dope, you know what I mean? But if they evolve his costume, I'd be perfectly fine with it. But trailer looked amazing. Yeah, now the trailer looked really dope. The Avengers stuff looked dope. You know the the stuff with. Iron Man and Cap, and obviously that fight scene with Bucky and Cap fighting Iron Man was incredible. Most definitely. But uh, speaking of Sean Martin, bro, Chico, didn't we have something about him coming up in the NYC? Oh, yeah. So if if you're in the New York City area this Thursday, um, what is that, December 3rd? Um, I'll, yeah. Um, Sean Martinborough is doing a lecture about how to make comics at the Society of Illustrators. And, um, he's doing that with Dan- Danny Fingeroth, uh, who also teaches comic book, uh, writing at, I want to say SVA, but Danny Fingeroth is a long, long time Spider-Man editor. I mean, we're talking 30 years plus. Yes. So, um, yeah, if you're in the area, you should definitely check that out at the Society of, uh, Illustrators. And I guess uh, will we will we have something like that up, uh, you know, about that on, on the website? Most definitely. You can check fanbros.com for more information on that. And Sean Martinbro and Danny Fingeroth, you know, if you're in New York City, that's like that's a that's a gym right there. Need yeah, December 3rd, 630 to 8:30. Most definitely. So we were speaking about how uh, Supergirl compares to Jessica Jones. And I, I do want to say something like while they are, you know, completely radically different. The thing that I really liked about Jessica Jones and that I don't like about Supergirl. And it's the problem that Flash also encounters sometimes is that because they're on network TV, they do these tired ass tropes of like, you know, we, we know that um Supergirl and uh, Jimmy Olsen should get together. But instead, you know, he's going to spend time wasting, you know, hunting on the other, you know, the lesser of um, Lane sisters or cousins or whatever. Like, yeah, come sister. On. Yeah, I mean, like, for real. Come on. If, you, if you're if going for one, you go for Lois. You know, if you can't go for Lois, you give it up. 
and he's going for the other one, and when he should be going for Supergirl, you know, it's like it's Supergirl. Come on, bro. And it's well, like they waste all that time on this love triangle. While like that's what I really liked about Jessica Jones is like they just you know it's more it's a much more realistic view of relationships. Yeah, well, and actually, Jessica Jones and Luke Cage also had really, really dope chemistry, and that shows that, yeah, you can hook up right away, and as long as you have chemistry, it's still compelling for 13 episodes. Definitely. Well, I mean, so, they, speaking of costumes, they are going to be actually, uh, next week on Supergirl, uh, we'll be bringing uh, Red Tornado in, and uh, I think everyone was a little underwhelmed by his look on the internet. The Velcro vision flying high. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, his so outfit I, looked terrible. I saw the commercial yeah. and the live action. I'm like, the tornado effect looked dope, but his outfit looked just like you just want to pull it like some of those old uh, Nike shoes with the strips and just hit that whoosh. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. I mean, look, I, I don't, I mean, Supergirl does do some stuff right. I mean, I feel like, you know, the scenes of her flying and being a superhero and it's got good music and they're building a kind of dope story where she's hooked up with this alien hunting organization and there's Kryptonians, including her aunt, who are out to kill her. And so they, they are, they are building a world. I think Callista Flockhart has been dope as her boss, Cat Grant, Lois Lane's one time, you know, uh, rival. So I, you know, if you're not watching Supergirl and you want, but again, it's much more light, light fare. Um, although that, you know, they they pull at your heartstrings. I mean, it really is in in the mold of the Flash. No, definitely. I, there's even been rumors now of a Flash Supergirl crossover after they said they wouldn't have one, but now it right. seems, you know, those ratings might dictate something like that happening. So yeah, I mean, I would work. love to see it in in the same universe. Um, and again, I don't know what they were thinking because Supergirl is on opposite another. It's not just a comic show, but another DC show, which is Gotham, which I was down on uh, for a while. And I feel like has gotten better. And we had like our best young Catwoman, young Bruce Wayne moment um, in the most recent episode. And was it was it you, Ben, that was talking about the the Court of Owls or the Parliament of Owls the or Court whatever? Of Owls. Yeah, so I think they're 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 they seem to be you know heading in that direction. No, really? they're not. It was a nice oh, they're not? swerve. They actually they introduced in the last episode that it is uh, Galavan is a member of the Order of Saint Dumas, and ah right, and that's Azrael, right? Note, that's that Azrael. Azrael, yes. John yeah, right. John Paul Valley in modern times is Azrael. He takes the mantle from the Batman. I actually I enjoyed this episode of Gotham, as 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 corny as this show can be and as much of a letdown as it can be <laughs> i mean this episode uh they had well because bruce, bruce was Wayne. dope for like the first time ever exactly was, it was yeah. like the first he like he batmaned up <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, and he just ruthlessly went about he manipulated a situation in these events and set up some circumstance we saw prep time batman as like a 12 year old you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he home alone for the first time. I mean, 30, it took 35 episodes for him to to to, to But get it, it was so dope, just how he, he was. Played he was this other little girl. <laughs> it was awesome. Batman and he dope. and he and he actually played Catwoman. You know, uh, you know, which he had never. You know, she had the upper hand in every single conversation they'd ever had. I mean, just based on her hair alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So Gotham, you know, Gotham's uneven, but I, I do enjoy it. Um, and, uh, 
I don't know. I would say the same applies to Into the Badlands. That that that's uneven, but 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 enjoyable. Um, I don't know. I'm 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 sticking with it. I like the world that they built, but the uh, the casting could have been a little better. This has been the first episode I have to say that I really was able to stay all the way interested in, but beyond the fight scenes. And it's, you know, it has its moments. Like, there was even a really great line. I'm a, you know, real stickler for great dialogue. And I love when he said, uh, uh, Quinn, that's the Baron, right? Said, um, yep. intelligence is a, you know, desirable quality. Or, no, an addictive quality in a woman. Like, yeah, bitch yeah. out to Quinn for that one. That, that was, was a great line. Right. Yeah, great line. I love great dialogue, you know. And it doesn't have that all the time, I will admit. I really like the Baron's wife, son, and his son, you know, in this episode, basically telling him, you know, you're not about that life, son. Like, you know, it's just not ready. You know, it's just not for you, you know, hustling. It ain't you, son. So, you know, it has its moments beyond the fight scenes. All the fight scenes are definitely great. It's very much shot well. I like the training that's going on now. It's 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 a little too slow for it only to be like six or eight episodes or whatever, though. Like, that's that's the real problem I'm seeing. And well, I mean, is it just going to be, one, you know, six episodes in this one season and then they'll continue or they're saying mm, it's going to be done? I like, don't know. Six and out. I don't know. Because that would, yeah, that puts it halfway. But um, still, for me, it's just kind of like it's a, a CW show. That's kind of like yeah. the feeling I get from it. You know, it has some decent action, but the way the, the hamminess of the actors, like nobody just really kind of outside of a Sonny and the black chick who is in the city. Nobody really just kind of does it for me. Quinn kind of chews scenery, um, and the world they're building is such such a, a a patchwork thing. It just doesn't seem fluid. Right? They have electricity, they have motorcycles and cars, but they don't have guns. Guns have been banned. Yeah, I I, I mean I understand that, but you know <laughs> why would you? I mean why wouldn't you? If you were the Baron, wouldn't you be like, okay, we want to win this war, let's go get a bunch of guns. Yeah, well, I mean, it plays into you. Could, then you couldn't have cool kung fu. No, no, it's true, and I'm into the cool kung fu. I don't know, man. Um, I kind of like the female Baron. Like, I do they too. Had the a Black cool Widow fight. is definitely dope. They had yeah. they had a cool fight. Her and Quinn had a dope fight. But just the show, it's, it's something about the quality of it that just get, that just takes me out of it. It's so clean and pretty and perfect, and like it's for breezed that it doesn't. It just pulls me out of it, you know. So if you're going to get raw with it, like get raw with it. the whole show should have that raw kind of feeling about it. And it just doesn't to me. Well, is is Arrow raw enough for you? Arrow has been damn good, man. Um, yeah, Arrow's gotten really good this season after a, after a real dud of a season last year. <laughs> yeah, I mean. They, they, I, they definitely are bringing it. I enjoyed the last season. It definitely dipped, but it's definitely uh, back on. It had moments footage. for sure. Yeah. It had really good moments for sure. I mean, and now we're getting more into uh you know, Damien, Bar- I think a lot with Arrow has to do with the villains, though. And I yeah, think that- Damien Dark is really dope. The villain himself yeah, is dope, no. and the guy who plays him is really dope. because yeah, he also plays Dum Dum Duggan in the Marvel Universe. That's right. But, That's right. Um, I think that the Ra's al Ghul dude last year, he just, what, he kind of drug things down. You know, yeah, because, he just wasn't up to, to, to being Ra's al Ghul. Exactly. And I think that's kind of what drug the season down. Yeah. Um, but with this one, we got Damien Dark. It's a little fun. It's a light. And Damien Dark is just twisted in his own right. And so that lends, when they're being a little happier and, and um, more playful this season, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't take you out of it. You know what I mean? Like, it would be kind of an uneven tone if he was like this vicious killer magician dude and everybody was kind of laughing and joking. But because he kind of has like that wicked sense of humor about himself, it, it does it, it seems balanced. 
Yeah, they did a uh, they did a good crossover. Speaking of magician dude, and, and it played into Damien Dark, but they uh, they did a nice crossover with John Constantine uh, a few weeks ago. Oh yeah, the Constantine crossover was was effective. Yeah, so. and uh, that brought back you know Sarah, who's going to be White Canary on Legends of Tomorrow. Um, I you think, know, a show where none of the characters are legends, and I don't think it takes place in tomorrow. But you know, <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think that they've been like a, doing a lot of the world building for Legends yes. Tomorrow, and that, that kind that of absolutely. was a, detra- a, a distraction in terms of um, some of the stuff with Flash and for Arrow. But the trailer for it looks pretty cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I liked it. I like the uh, the nature of the show. Um, the idea of them going after Vandal Savage is cool. I mean, and yeah, you, you no, I'm definitely it. psyched to Vandal Savage and the time travel stuff. But I was wincing in the trailer when they like went to the 70s and somebody's like, yo, uh, Firestorm's like, do people really dress like this? I mean, that's just a waste of like, they could take that dialogue out and we could all die, you know, two seconds earlier. And yeah, I mean, I, I can see just from like, I liked uh, the guy who played Firestorm and his character, Jax Jackson. But a lot of, I don't know if it's delivery or what they're actually writing for him. It definitely is extra cornball um, Hollywood Negro. You know, this is how I think. <laughs> this is how I think black people talk. Right. You know what I mean? Versus how guys actually talk. There, there was a black firestorm uh, in in DC in the, in the nineties. Well, both characters exist. Jason Rush was the firestorm um, in DC, and they actually introduced his character in season one of Flash. But then, yep. for whatever reason, they chose to go with Jax Jackson, who's another character from Firestorm. Uh, but he never was Firestorm in the comics. Right, he, he never exist. was Firestorm. So I, it just sort of is weird. And actually, I saw something on Twitter. Chris Cross, who's the artist who drew and created that, um, the the Jason Rush, the one Jason Rush, um, said basically that they they picked the other one um, so they didn't have to pay those guys you know, uh, for creating stuff. And I'd heard behind the scenes that uh, one of the problems with a lot of the Vertigo properties getting off the ground is that Warner Brothers doesn't really push them because so many of them are creator-owned and Warner Brothers will make less money. Ah. And so, I mean, it is, you know, I mean, it is a business and all that, but, you know, it seems like if they if they just took Jackson and, and instead of Jason just to not pay the creators, and I'm not saying that's what it is, but it sort of seems like Man, what, what it is. I don't give a damn. That has nothing to do with how they make this dude talk. Luke Cage is a black man from the hood. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, and no. And he spoke a- a- perfectly absolutely. fine in Jessica absolutely. Jones. Why the hell? Yeah, they even got a sweet, like a couple this? of sweet Christmases in there uh, on, uh, on Jessica Jones. And he made sweet Christmas work in Jessica Jones. Yep. He well, did. Why the hell is this dude talking like this in, right. in, in Legends of Tomorrow? Like, that's like, you know, that takes you out of it. You know what I mean? They really dress well, like I, this? Oh. Speak, speaking of black guys on Arrow, though, I will say they've been uh, delving more into Diggle's past. And they even made a quick costume change with him in that his Magneto mask from the first episode has not made a reappearance. They they clearly <laughs> responded to the internet and and changed his mask. But they've given him more, um, you know, and it's, what is Arrow in its fourth season now? I My mean, name is Diggle. You, you can call me Black Nito. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I shoot bullets. Hey. But they, no, they, they, they've legitimately, I feel like they've, 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 they've done some good stuff with his character and the stuff with his brother. 
um, and the whole Hive thing and, and connecting him directly to the Hive stuff, I think, is, you know, sort of added to it. If, and look, if you give a man a past, you can't put him in the magical Negro category. That's the rules. You know, he right. has a past. So That's the whole thing. He has a past. He's got a family, you yeah. know. he got a life outside of Arrow, so you can't right. be very mad at him. So, real quick, uh, this week on the regular Fan Bros, I did something I've never done before. And that was I recommended The Man in the High Castle as my pick of the week. And I hadn't actually watched it. I'd only Uh-oh. watched the 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 uh, the trailer for it, and I read a review of it, and I was intrigued that Amazon thought so highly of it that they put it up against Jessica Jones because it it dropped the same day as Jessica Jones on you know a competing you know um, streaming service. Um, so I, I it's not terrible, but it's not great. And I, I might have still, you know, I think the concept is really dope. But like some of these other shows we talked about, I think the casting has, you know, wasn't great. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but I feel like it was like in the it's in the CW category. And Amazon, with the exception of Transparent, you know, I, I their shows are real duds. Like, um it's almost uh, yeah i i don't really i i can't really explain it. i mean man the high castle is not a real dud but it's not what it could have been damn it because i really wanted to watch that one man and now you're check it out i mean uh, you should check it out i still it's, gotta get to top boy man i don't know oh no no top boy definitely i mean all day every day top boy over man in the high castle all right well, there you go Listen oh you haven't seen top boy Check that uh, latest episode of Fanbro's show and find out. It's uh, Chico's pick of the week. Actually, yeah, no, Top Boy is a British, you know, ago. you could say New New Jack City meets The Wire meets uh, Juice, you know, meets oh, all shit. kinds of things. Yeah, I did, Set I did in a Brit- British uh, council estate. I remember that. My bad. Yes. It's on Netflix. Two seasons. Each season's only four episodes. Really dope. Most definitely. Oh. All right. Anything else before we're out of here? Speaking of two seasons, Luther comes back for his short run in a week, so I guess we'll cover that. Most definitely. Yeah. And All uh, right. And I guess we got Into the Badlands. Um, anything else for them to check out, Chico? No, I'm. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm. Uh, yeah, no, I'm. I'm. I'm still struggling just to keep up myself. But we got a big. You know, Legends of Tomorrow is coming in on January fifth, but we got the big uh, Flash Arrow you know crossover coming up which they've done already done i think two of those and they were really dope um is this going to get you to watch arrow definitely definitely will i always watch the crossover episode yeah that's whenever they get me i think the fan bros really need to check out ben i mean's article it's on slant.com right that's right yeah definitely slant.com check it out the uh exploration of the magical negro in film i guess you could call it you know how hollywood will never lose its fascination with the magical negro and, you know, like Illa said, the cornball Hollywood Negro. There might be, you know, another article in the words on that one. <laughs> yeah, no, because those are two different uh, two different tropes there. And, <laughs> and Hollywood are. uses them both. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's it. Once again, this uh, episode of Special Delivery has been brought to you by Beyonce, the sports drink where every <laughs> bottle contains up to one drop of Beyonce's life-giving Europe. Urine, rather. <laughs> Just use uh, code special delivery to get $200 off your first bottle. <laughs>